Welcome to Pretty Sketchy Podcast. I'm Corey, uh, and oh, this is episode number 23. 23. Lucky 23. Uh, holy shit, man. This, we've been doing this a long time. <laughs> Which means something will go wrong. Yeah, that's right. It's always the odd numbers. Who knows? All right, with me as always, is a, I buried the lead a little bit there, uh, acclaimed author and the juggernaut bitch, Michael Marshman. How you doing, man? Unstoppable. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, for those who've never seen the show before, uh, Michael wrote a comic book. I'm illustrating that comic book live uh, for your viewing pleasure, uh, and we just talk shit while we're doing it. So, yeah, hey man, what's going on? Uh, same old. Same old, same yeah, old. Nothing. My my life is boring as fuck. Dude. <laughs> my, my god. <laughs> if it wasn't for podcasts, I do three cool do podcasts. Nothing. I just. <laughs> yeah, do three podcasts and go to work. That's my life. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's more than more than a lot of other people, man. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not saying I'm worried. <laughs> you just you're just keeping it cash. Yeah. No, cool. Um, all right, so uh, we might as well jump straight into it. The big news this week uh, is fucking it. How do, how, obviously, we've both seen it, um, and. I know you're a fan of the book, right? You've you haven't, or you have? What? Oh, you yeah, know I've seen the movie, yeah. No, but have you read the book? Um, I'm trying to think back to the many many years I've been alive. Um, I'm gonna say no because if you did, you would have remembered it. <laughs> yeah, no, but see the thing is, I read a lot of stuff when I was when I was a kid. I read Firestarter when I was in year three. Or four. Um, maybe it was year four of. Yeah, whatever it was. It was early on, right? So I was into the Stephen King thing pretty early on, but um, at that age, it, it you sort of, you take in a lot of things, you don't take in a lot of things, and you have these weird echoes of memories of things that may or may not have happened. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, you might have seen the movie and you're conflating that with memories of actually reading the book and stuff. Like, here's the thing. I actually watched the original um, miniseries just the other night because um, it's available on Netflix. Um, uh, not Netflix. Um, uh, Apple Movies to rent. And uh, and so I thought I'll give it a run because Nat was kind of interested. And uh, it was, like, so bizarre how much... I didn't remember. Like, I thought I knew the movie. Um, but realistically, mm. when I broke it down, I knew about three things about the movie. That was it. Like, a couple of wow. lines. Um, I had no idea. I mean, I knew that the grown-ups came into it in the end. Um, but I mm. had no idea that it was sort of... Um, the movie was about the grown-ups and the kid parts were actually flashbacks. You know, I mean, that makes sense. Because as a child, you're probably going to connect more with the kids' scenes. Um, yeah. and, and probably dismiss the adult stuff. Um, but it's still, it was very strange how much I, I just thought I knew this thing and didn't, you know? Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it doesn't hold up. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the bottom line there. Um, it, you know, I mean, it's still obviously going to always be a fan favorite and stuff like that. But it, to me, I was just like, to be honest, I kind of was half watching it. Nat was watching it, and I was in the uh, in the 
like the other room sort of looking in, leaning over and what, looking in every once in a while if something loud happened. Um, uh, fixing a music keyboard. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't super holding my attention. Um, but I mean, all that really means is it's testament to like how much shit's moved on since then, you know, like since the, what was that? 1990, I believe it came out. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that it sort of puts into really sharp focus is exactly how much, like pe people probably forget this, right? Because now, um, we live in a different world where, um, television is equally on par with, with cinema. You know, when you've got event television, like, um, well, that's the thing back then event television wasn't even a, 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 a term that was coined, you know, that came later. Um, but things like when you got Game of Thrones as an option, or you got going to the movies to watch a one and a half hour film, the the one and a half hour films are the ones that are at a disadvantage now, because yeah. people are used to long form storytelling with with amazing budgets and incredible effects that not only rival Hollywood but are the same as Hollywood now. You know, in fact, in some cases even even better because they have a whole um, season of budget. You know, with something like Game of Thrones where it costs them how many millions of dollars an episode, they can afford to take their time and get effects right, you know? Um, whereas if you look at um, if you look at uh, It, holy shit. In fact, most of the time, to their credit, they actually avoided using effects at all. You know, the effects they did use yeah. were, were goddamn awful. I had to stop and rewind one to show Nat because she, she sort of looked down at the time. But um, the, the scene where Pennywise... Um, jumps he does he does a flip over the kids for some inexplicable reason does like a perfect tuck and roll like fucking flip and then um uh goes down a drain pipe and they did it in stop motion and it was fucking awful you know i mean again at the time sure you know but if you tried to pull that shit off today it's like mm, no no thanks <laughs> um yeah but again, I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on it because it's the original and in many ways, you know, without an original, you can't have, you know, something that inspires the new thing, you know, um, but... And go, fuck, I'll shit all over it. Yeah. <laughs> He's a crap. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like it? Uh, nah. Just nah. It was just, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but again, you're passionate about the book though, right? So... Is it more to do with the fact that they they basically raped the book, or <laughs> is it just that it wasn't great? No, like there's a lot of stuff in there that's very true to the book. It's just the the execution. Yeah. Like to be fair, I first watched it when I was about how old was I? Probably seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 that would have been about two, 2000 2005 2006 right okay so right, okay. the the movie's already what 15 years old at this point plus yeah. you know i'm 17 who and a person who's already delved into a lot of horror and stuff and like i've already watched a shit ton of movies well i mean this would have been a post terminator 2 world where you can see what visual effects are supposed to look like <laughs> you know yeah, or like it's even like a, a post-Matrix world. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, actually, good point. Yeah, yeah far out. 
Um, but yeah, like, but you know, the the acting was fucking horrible. Like, like you said, the effects were just not nah, didn't age well. Like, I, I could probably, I could go back and watch, you know, old movies, effects in them, and still enjoy the fuck out of them. Like, yeah. you know, the thing, and I'll be fucking having the time of my life. Oh yeah, the thing, the thing only has one dodgy effect in the whole the whole movie. And again, it's not even that dodgy. It's just something they overlook that just pisses me off. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's just honestly, there's there's that one yeah. scene, that one scene where the guy reaches into the, he, he's using the defibrillator, and his hands go inside the cavity, and the jaws close and bite his hands off, but the hands rip off above where the teeth are. You know, mm. like it doesn't get bitten off. They sort of get clamped down, and then the guy's arms just tear off for no particular reason. And it's like, every time I see it, it just takes me out. And it's so trivial. And I feel like such a cunt for, for letting that bother me, you know, cause it's, it is one of my all time favorite movies, but it's just like, I can't get over it. <laughs> um, oh my God. Your, yeah. your definition of hell is watching that scene over and over again. For... Hang on. Say that again. Your definition of hell is watching that scene over and over again for eternity. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, but it's like, uh, can we just move on from the... And, and the on... honestly, the only reason that bothers me is because the rest of the movie is held to such a high standard. That's all it is. Like, you know, I don't want to look at this film and go, nah, you know, um, it's, it's just a <laughs> shitty effects movie because it's not. It's, it's really up there. Um, and, and for some reason that one thing just lets it down, you know, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, I'll, I'll let it slide. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, yeah. The, the 1998 was just, yeah, it, it nah, <laughs> I can't <laughs> send it once. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't know what the deal was. Cause I think I had people telling me, oh, you know, it's fucking scary. Blah, blah, blah. Terrified me when I was a kid. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll give it a shot. I watched it. I'm like, Either these people, fucking morons, hmm. seen it since they were four years old. Yeah, but you know what I think it is. Here's what it is, man. Nat um, was telling me she was watching it, going, "Wait, I remember being really scared by this as a kid, and it's not scary at all. Uh, it's got Seth Green in it, for God's sake. How scary can it be?" Um, but it's, um, I, I, I was like, I think what it is particularly back then for, for whatever reason, but the, the, the thought of something being scarier was way worse than the scariness of the actual thing. So Nightmare mm. on Elm Street, when you were a kid, every other kid had seen Nightmare on Elm Street and they're all, oh dude, it's the scariest fucking thing you ever saw, man. And so when you go into it, you go into it with this weird knowledge that you're about to see something terrifying, you know? Mm. And, and then you sort of watch it and it's like, kind of scary i guess it depends how old you are i guess for some people it is terrifying um but you know you watch that movie now and you're like what where's the, when does the scary bit happen yeah. like it's just shitty effects and terrible acting you know yeah. um but it's it's the 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 concept of you going into a scary situation that's more terrifying than i think most most people um give, give, give it credit for you know um but either way like that's that one, like, I, again, I don't see how, how that even got um, pinged as being something in the, in the, you know, the zeitgeist as being the most terrifying thing that you don't want to watch, you know? 
Um, I think more than anything, it's yeah. probably got to do with people being terrified of clowns. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, that's, that's probably what it comes down to. It's more, you know, people's phobias than the actual frightening yeah. nature of the actual Yeah, phobia. the irrational fears sort of override everything else. Yeah. It's like arachnophobia, right? I watched that yeah. and I thought, that was a sick movie. Didn't make me scared of spiders, but somebody who's already scared of spiders is going to tell you that fucking... They nearly died watching it, you know? Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> there's another blast from the past. I wonder how that one holds up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right, so i got to close on this guy. I'm just um, still drawing this fucking hospital. Actually, talk <laughs> no. What's that? Yep, I might have lost you, man. You still there? No, no, I'm still here. Oh, okay, so what did you say? Uh, should we talk about the new one at some point? Yes, let's do that. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> That's actually a really good point. <laughs> I completely mo I'd moved on from it. Um, honestly, uh, to me, it was a bit of a masterpiece. I thought it was fucking great. I thought the kids were great. Um, it seems like you just have to throw a rock in Hollywood now and you can find a kid actor who's fucking phenomenal. Um, mm. uh, I thought, I liked the fact that if, if you watch the, um, the original it, uh, the characters, at least some of them feel a lot younger than, than in the modern one. Yeah. And I feel like that was, I don't know how I, I how I really appreciated that. Um, I guess it was a different time or whatever, but the fact that is it, sorry, is it Beverly? Yeah. Yeah. If uh, Beverly in the new one, she seems older. She seems more worldly. She doesn't seem like a kid, uh, even though she is, you know? And I mean, that that's, that's part and parcel with her, like her life and everything like that. She wouldn't be, you know, she, she would like, like the first time you see her and the fat kid interacting, I assume she was in a higher grade. You know what I mean? She looked like one of the, like yeah. a senior, you know, um, and with all of the general content of the the movie and stuff like that, I felt like that actually makes a little bit more sense. Um, but yeah, anyway, let, let me get your thoughts on the thing because I I don't know if we've talked at length about it about the movie in general. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I was gonna say like, yeah, Be Bev is the same age, but um. Yeah, but she feels a bit older. Weird, because like, because like, yeah, she does look older. Hmm. I, I kind of, it threw me for a loop for a second, and then I just immediately dismissed it. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, I fucking, I loved, I loved it absolutely. They, I don't, it was a bit weird. Like after the movie ended, hmm. like I can't say whether it's a good movie or not. Because like, I feel like a lot of people will go in expecting this horror movie, and it's not a horror movie. I guess yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a coming of age story, mm -hmm. getting over your fears and whatnot. Blah blah blah. Yeah. When the movie finished, there were people in the row behind me who throughout the whole fucking movie heard little murmurs from them after it, saying, "Oh, you know, it, it was." was pretty good like i liked it blah 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 it's like uh, i thought i thought annabelle was better it was mm. more scary so i feel like anyone going in there expecting like the new he won't 
satisfied, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, like it's it's not your Conjuring or Annabelle or fucking Paranormal Activity. It's not that dumb fucking horror movie you go in and scream at the fucking yeah. screen yeah, anytime something scary happens. Yeah, it's definitely a subtle movie, thriller, yeah. It's, it actually has a plot to it, mm. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. It's, it's, it's not about the the scare it's about the um it, it's the long game you know what i mean it's that it's and, yeah. and and again that's that's more of like a 70s horror sort of aesthetic though you know um mm. you want to you want a movie to to really draw out the tension um and this one does it and uh i, I did like, that really well too yeah i like pennywise uh, uh, but, but, yeah the opening scene with georgie yeah the pennywise in the drain chair a little too tight you know <laughs> i was just yeah, like fuck yeah. me and, and this is someone who's like who's read the book twice i know how that conversation goes beat for beat yeah he... <laughs> georgie and, and even then like i was just still like just holy fuck this is and i think a lot of it has to do with um is it bill skarsgård yeah i believe it is yeah there's, there's so fucking many of the Scars Guards running yeah, around that I lose track. I actually thought it was the guy who plays Floki in uh, in in Vikings, but it's not. It's a different, whole other fucking Scars Guard. Yeah, there's there's a whole fucking clan of them. Mm. Yeah, anyway, like a lot of it had to do with him. Like he, one point, he he knew how not human, I guess. Yeah. While still holding a a tangible form well that's that, the thing that like, takes fucking talent well he, he felt felt like when he was talking to georgie he felt like an interpretation of what someone georgie's age would see you know what i mean he was a little bit hyperactive and a little bit sort of kids entertainment television kind of loopy yeah. you know what i mean like the pop, 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 they, they you know uh really and, nailed too from the from the book because like that's what he that's what the creature does yeah he imitates like yeah. he he is uh form but he goes off the imagination of the kids in the town and he uses that to scare the shit out of them yeah so essentially it's so. the it's it's their interpretation of fear so he's almost like a, a mirror reflection you know of, yeah. of what they say yeah. and that's why that's why he was a little bit different with georgie than he was with with the other kids uh, in in pennywise form you know um, yeah and yeah. of course also the the jewish I think, kid yeah because like, and like the, lady. yeah and, and it wasn't quite perfect because hmm. he, he's not uh, a human hmm. he doesn't he doesn't quite get the human aspect down of pennywise and it's just so fucking unsettling like the yeah. way the eyes went and like the, the drool coming out of the mouth, like he just, it was just so off and it was just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. He just, uh, they, they nailed it essentially. Um, and, uh, he was, um, sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once and talking, I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to walk and chew gum. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, can't do both. Um, yeah, like the, just the the rhetoric was really interesting, but the the problem I had, and this is completely my problem, not anyone else's, was that I've seen that whole fucking sequence before in uh, a Diane word video, 
there's there's the scene there's a song they've got called rats and before rats came out they brought out like a little promo video um that was filmed at the same time on the same set um and yolandi the the chick from diet word is talking to little timmy fucking whatever his name is um she's sitting on the end of his bed convincing him to come and check out the rat hole she's like come and check out the rat hole and he's like, what's in there? And she starts telling him about what's in there. And it's all this crazy stuff. But she's talking to him in that same childlike way. You know, like, she, she, he's yeah. like, how much? And she's like, 13 bucks. And he's like, holy fuck, that's a lot of money. And she goes, for you, twelve ninety nine. And he's like, I'm listening, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but it just had that same flavor to it. And the conversation was almost verbatim. I was like, holy shit. Um, j- just like, not, not even so much the conversation, but cause she's, she's like, she's got like this, they've darkened her skin and she's got like long teeth, like a, like a rat, like her two front teeth stick out and she's got black eyes and it just had that same, particularly I'm looking at Pennywise with his, his, his two front teeth along and, um, yeah. and I'm looking at that and I'm hearing this same, essentially the same flavor of conversation and I'm like he's trying to tempt the kid to go somewhere that's dark, you know, um, it's the same thing. And I'm just it literally, I, I hate to say it, but it took me out of the fucking movie for a second. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, I've fucking seen this before. Um, but it was just, it's just a weird coincidence. Cause I mean, obviously the word this, their song came out like a couple of months ago and I mean, they couldn't have known, you know, <laughs> but, um, I was like, holy shit, that's uh fucking, unusual yeah but um well, it's the yeah, yeah that, that's 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 what they do um yeah no but i mean don't get me wrong it didn't didn't ruin anything i fucking loved it i i really just um it probably stood out to me as being one of the more engaging movies i've seen in a long time because as you get older you stop yeah. you stop engaging with things as much you know and and in fact you start yeah. engaging with different things like fucking i watched that um a all the vegans are going to hate me, but I watched, um, a dog's purpose the other day. Fucking oh, bawled, God. bawled my eyes out throughout almost the entire thing, <laughs> you know? And I mean, as, as a younger person, I would have been like, oh, fucking, yeah, this is just a fucking movie, you know? But for some reason I was just conflating that and all my memories of like Chico and Holly and all these other dogs I've had and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, um, and oh then I turn around at the end and I'm like, oh, fuck Nat, how was that? And she's like, oh yeah, there's a few bits that got me a little sad. I'm like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> You're a monster. Oh you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. You start seeing things differently. But again, like, cause I see, and the other thing is too, when you get to my age, very few movies can come out where you think I've never seen anything like that before. You know, it's always, mm. you can always relate it back to something. And, um, and in this case, like, even though it's a remake, it were it felt, it felt fresh and new, you know? And even yeah. though like you could relate a lot of it to, um, uh, you know, Stranger Things has that same nostalgia kick and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, um, uh, it just felt new and fresh, you know? and different and I wasn't, I wasn't scared, but I was, I was interested in the plight of these kids, you know? 
but it, yeah. it was it was almost like a different way i was i was engaging with it than what they probably would have liked but it didn't matter because it worked you know um mm. yeah but um i'm trying to think what else the <laughs> fucking the little kid from stranger things had all the best lines <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> maybe you got crabs <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> I was like yes um yeah oh I mean he was essentially the the comic relief in the book as well he in the jokes and shit oh yeah same, same he was that was the character who Seth Green played in the movie in the in the in the miniseries um and again he was like they explain it as he's got a high metabolism so he gets hyperactive <laughs> <laughs> And so he, when he turns up in the original movie, I don't know if you remember, but he's doing accents and shit. He comes in, hey, fellas. Like he, he does that throughout the book. Like, I think he ends up becoming a, a radio host. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was just going, yeah, that's, that's Seth Green. Just doing what he does now for a living. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, we should probably move on. Um, now, tell me about the first issue of... Uh, uh, what is it? Dark Knight Metal? Is it Dark Knight Metal or Batman Metal or what? Dark Knight's Metal. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I've been I've been keeping up with this. I haven't I haven't picked up. I'm in the comic book shop in way too long actually. Um, but I've been. Um, seven to Eternity is up to issue nine now, man. Oh shit! I've really got to get down there. I'm just terrified how much it's going to cost. <laughs> More than anything, it's been too long. Um, but. Uh, I've been keeping up with it because I follow Capullo and Snyder on, on Instagram uh, or Twitter actually. And, um, and so I, I often see Capullo's pencils coming through. Um, uh -huh. and so I've, I've probably seen half the fucking book. Um, just, I just don't know it, you know? Uh, but yeah, tell me about it. What's, what's the deal? Like from the beginning, like what's it about? What's, is it an alt universe story or is it canon or? Um, it's how to explain this uh okay so there's this ancient called nth metal like it's been in the dc universe for years like the the hawk people use it it's but the wayside like no one's really mentioned it in years okay yeah. um i think snyder's just brought it back and sort of new origin like it doesn't come from the typical dc multiverse yeah actually a okay so you got the dc multiverse right so like infinite earth or like 52 earths now i guess yeah <clears throat> that encompasses everything dc like all your elseworld stories whatever blah 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 yep. so snyder's come up with this thing there's actually another multiverse called the Dark Multiverse. Right. And that's where the Nth Metal comes from, I believe. It's been like a few weeks since I've read it. Yeah. I'm going to have to just, you know, <laughs> get my memory jogged when I read issue two. But um, anyway, and Batman's been sort of tracing this stuff. Fucking weird's going on. Like the Joker's involved, all this other weird shit. But like, the, the reincarnations of Shaira and Carter, who are Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Yeah. They're like, they're involved. They're, they're 
trying to kill Batman, I believe. Mm. Um, they lure him into a trap, which <laughs> you don't do that to Batman. <laughs> he already um, knew about it. <laughs> yeah, he he kind of did. <laughs> Before um, you even tried. Not only so. that, not only that, but the Justice League was there with him. So it's like, what fucking hope do you have? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, this dark multiverse. Something's coming from the dark multiverse to kind of fuck their shit up, mm. and that's pretty much as far as it got. I kind of lost my shit at the end of the first issue because um, Dream of the Endless shows up. Okay. And I'm guessing <laughs> that didn't ring any bells for you at all, did it? No. <laughs> Dream of the Endless is the Sandman. What? Game and Sandman. So you like, can... you so, so they're basically mixing... That's, that was Vertigo, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Vertigo. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so they're, um, they're, they're Vertigo's always been, yeah, like Vertigo's always been DC Universe. They just very, very, very rarely cross over. Yeah, into one another. So, yeah, I always, I always figured it was like kind of like that was their grown-up fucking um, properties, and then you know you had your uh, other <laughs> your, your yeah. regular type. But I mean, you had like Swamp Thing run into Batman during Alan Moore's run and shit, so. Yeah. It's not a foreign concept, it just doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Okay. Um Yeah, like seeing seeing Dream pop up in the DC universe, like that's the first time I've ever seen him in the in the DC proper. Hmm. A little nerd boner. <laughs> that's mad. Huge. <laughs> so <laughs> My dick's yeah. so hard I got no skin left to blink. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck i love that that was great yeah um but yeah like there was a, there was a few throwbacks to other characters like you saw like red tornado and shit and like this is the first time we've seen the hawk girl and hawk man for like quite a while actually i mean hawkman's been around here and there but hawk girls kind of disappeared for years yeah. yeah it was just cool seeing a lot of stuff like that and even with the issues leading up to like the yeah, that little primary metal. season thing. Yeah, yeah, th there was like little, little things. Even from way back in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, yeah, like I feel like this story is going to be huge. Yeah, going to be massive. I don't know if it'll change the universe, but it it'll definitely encompass everything in it. I'm curious. Um, there's. I'm sure I saw Capullo draw a scene where Batman was holding onto the side of some sort of a raptor getting shot, like pummeled through the jungle. Does that, okay. seem, does that seem like something that's in there? <laughs> He's literally it surprised like, if, me. If, if you can imagine like a hey, raptor hold... running, running through the jungle and Batman's like literally just got his arms around its neck. He's hanging off the side of it with his legs wrapped around its body. Like just trying to take it down. You know, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I mean, they're, they're playing with the multiverse, so literally anything can happen. Yeah, I so. guess, yeah. I mean, there's, there's an animal... There's, there's a fucking... Uh, a universe where fucking... Um, Grodd lives, you know? <laughs> I, guess, I guess you could pretty much do anything. Well, I mean, even even in, like, Earth Prime, hmm. there's, a, there's a place called the Savage Land, which oh, is okay. essentially a place that... Not to sound too cliche, but it's a place that time forgot. 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Like, my dinosaurs still roam around. There's still, like, cavemen and shit. Yeah. Makes sense. They, they could have gone there. Yeah. In fact, they probably did. Yeah. No, but, I mean, I, I, I actually... Um, I'm trying to think, have we... Have I ever read anything else that was Capullo? Oh, uh, yeah, of course, Reborn. Um, that was probably it. Because, again, like, uh, just a reminder to everybody out there, I haven't been reading comics for all that long. A um, couple of years, maybe. So there's a lot of times these massive artists and massive writers and stuff I haven't come into contact with. And it, there'd be probably this universal groan every time I bring it up, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, he's, I really dig his style because it's, he's, it's a style. You know, I've talked about that before. Every time I see an artist whose work I can recognize immediately, to me, that's something I strive towards, you know. Um, yeah. But he, the, just the way he draws um, characters, there's so much detail in what amounts to a bunch of broad strokes, you know. Mm. Like he's not drawing every eyelash, but he has a way of drawing the eye, so it looks like there's a thousand eyelashes, you know. But there's yeah. not. It's just a bit of scribble, you know. And the, and he has this particular way of drawing this little zigzag on the nose, which again isn't accurate but it just looks cool it looks cute especially on chicks you know when he's drawing wonder woman or something like that he just they, they look really pretty but again it's just it's the it's the form with which he just sketches stuff out really quickly um yeah that i just I just i'm drawn to because it's so recognizable you know um yeah but and again i mean um scott snyder has he, he wrote the wake right yeah um, so I've, yes. I've, I've appreciated his work before, um, probably a couple of times now. Um, so I'm down for that as well. Uh, it just seems to me like it was just waiting to happen, this whole thing, you know, like it was, um, uh, it, it, I think the reason everybody's so hyped about this and they are like, you, I keep on seeing, um, you know, the books sold out everywhere and, um, you know, the launches for the, the books were really massive and Snyder, um, Snyder got a mohawk for it, you know, <laughs> the whole thing. Everybody's backing it hard. And I feel like it, ever since, like, they first started talking about it, I've been following it. I'm like, this, for some reason, intangibly, I can't figure out why, but this seems to make sense. You know, everything about it seems to fall into place. I know Capullo's in the <clears throat> metal as well. So, you know, he plays guitar and shit. So that's, um, you know, he would get it. You know, it, it just, it just... It harkens back to the good old days of comics where uh, you had heavy metal magazine and things like that, you know, where it was it was about that sort of fringe culture of, you know, um, I mean, there's bands out there who are inspired by that whole fucking movement, you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's to me, it, it all fucking fell into place, makes sense. So I'm really keen to get my hands on it. I'm going to have to bite the bullet and maybe hit the comic book store in this, this next week, so... Um, <laughs> say that <laughs> yeah but, oh, God. Um, I'm trying to think um, what else I was going to say about that I think that was that was pretty much it um, okay so the other thing that's happened this week is the Jim Carrey fucking what was it Harper's Bazaar or Fashion Week or something video uh, interview thing <laughs> what's your take on that what do you see? Do you see a crazy person or do you see somebody who is just taking the piss or somebody who's just genuinely floating off the fucking planet? 
He's not crazy. Hmm. I see someone who's just sick of the the fake that Hollywood puts up yeah. and forces everyone to put up. Like yeah. he's he's done with it. He yeah. doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it genuinely feels that way. I mean, um, you you did you, you saw that video recently of him in his art studio? Did you see that? I think I saw a bit of it. I think you showed me a bit of it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was super interesting, man. There's a guy who changed, like genuinely mm. changed. And a lot happened to make him change. I think his, his wife dying and stuff like that. Um, I think it puts mm. a perspective into his life, you know. Um, but it, it, it's always interesting to me when you find somebody who is a funny person inherently, um, who life basically takes and changes fundamentally, you know. Um, yeah. Like, even if you look at the last few roles he's done, they weren't even really all that funny, like, in in concept even. You know, like, he was in Burt Wonderstone as the the shocked music, uh, magician. You know, the guy fucking... He ends up drilling a hole in his head <laughs> and becoming retarded. Um, but he's like... Again, that, that was not his typical slapsticky humour. It was really fucking dark, you know? Yeah. Um, the guy he was playing was essentially just a massive douchebag um, who who ends up fucking himself over so hard that he, you kind of end up feeling sorry for him, you know? Um, mm. But, yeah, so, that, so like, what was your reaction if, when you were watching that video with the interview? What was your um, initial fucking take on it? My, oh, God. My, my gut reaction was just sort of like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. The more he talked, I'm just like, yeah, just do it, man. Like, go for it. I, yeah. felt, I felt like he was on acid. Hey, dude. He, he genuinely, to me, felt like he was on acid, honestly. Because he was just... and, and Yeah, and, I don't know. Like, because I, I don't want to dismiss drug-fueled rant. Yeah. Because, um, like, like I said, that's just dismissive. Yeah. Like, he... Well... I mean, you know, I don't know. He could have been tripping on acid, but he could have been completely sober as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like mean... to think he was sober, because, yeah, I don't know. I just... <sighs> I agree with pretty much everything he said. So I guess <laughs> I don't want to sound like a fucking acid tripping fucking if, if motherfucker. If he's crazy, then you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And I feel like he's really seen like a lot of reaction to it or like you know what the media are saying mm. but i just feel like they're gonna paint him as this just finally lost the plot yeah i, I don't think that's fair no i agree i agree and the thing was his again his stream of consciousness um like what was coming out of his mouth was to me the most interesting part that's why to me it felt like he was on acid because he was saying really cosmic shit like when he was just just to pull out that line about the it's the red s on your chest that makes the bullets bounce off that's not mm. the kind of rhetoric that comes out of somebody who's just talking you know what i mean that's poetry Maybe. Um, and whether or not he took that he may have taken that from somewhere else i don't know but if that just came out of his mouth as he was talking that's the kind of sort of um uh i guess free riding you know, like that, that's how free riding works and stuff like that. People aren't generally, 
open to expressing themselves so freely in public you know they, they'll do it like that, that's how i write lyrics i'll sit down and i'll just let the pen do the work i don't think about it the words just come out on the page right that's that's technically free writing right um and to be able to do that verbally in in a, in, in like a, a situation i mean i guess like a premiere interview is for him an intense situation like it would be for you or me you know because he's done a million of them but at the same time it, like to be able to just let your mind express itself freely in in mm. a conversation isn't as easy as, as as people think and i mean it could be that that's why to me it seemed like he was on acid because shit was just flowing you know however he's also an artist you know like he's he's been for the last few years obsessively creating art and the only way you can mm. do that is if you again you let your mind go limp and you let the brushes do the work you know yeah. and you, it's like it's something that a lot of people wouldn't get unless they they did create or you know do like are, are, a, are a creator right um mm. sometimes uh it's it's it, it just it's better to just let the work work itself out you know rather than analytically working on it and going how am i going to make this work um uh it's it's like a and and that's a knack you develop it's not something that everybody inherently has i don't think anyone starts with it you just it's it this is why there's the concept of a muse again i may have talked about this at some point in the past as well but to me when i create something really really good that i look at for years afterwards and go how the fuck did i do that i don't credit i don't credit myself with with doing that and and again that's rare a lot of times i'll do stuff and i'll go yeah fuck, i could have done that better and this was all me right but I never give myself credit for the wins because to me, when I created them, it felt different. It felt like somebody else was doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's the same with, with it's, it's the same feeling as what I'm trying to get at with, with the Jim Carrey interview. It felt like he was doing that. It felt like he was letting somebody else talk through him, you know? Yeah. And it's your subconscious. That's all it is. It's not supernatural. It's your subconscious mind coming to the forefront and just having it say, you know? Um, yeah. because yeah. It, it knows better about a lot of this other stuff than you do, you know? Um, but I mean, I might be, I might be way reading too much into it, but it just felt like that to me. It felt like he's obviously done too much DMT and now the world doesn't, it no longer exists to him anymore because, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's fundamentally learned, uh, deep within his id that nothing is of any consequence because he's seen the universe in its entirety <laughs> you know like that's that's the only explanation i could come up with um like yeah. the result of what he was saying well not the result of like the, the what happened like the interview itself is probably the result of what happened to him recently so like mm. all the shit that he's gone through his mind has probably just gone <laughs> <laughs> it's like fuck it <laughs> Yeah, like he's, yeah, he's he's been through some shit, and he's probably just, like I said, he's probably just sick of all the all the bullshit. Like yeah. he, in what's real. Yeah. And for him, being at that place, for him, like it it didn't matter. Like yeah. exactly like he said. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and and it's 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 a whole bunch of people making a big deal about nothing. 
you know. But I yeah. think the the reason the media has jumped on it is not only because it's oh look, Jim Carrey's fucking lost the plot. I feel like they also get defensive about situations where one of theirs um, gets treated unfairly. It wasn't her fault that she was the one asking the questions that day, but yeah. she she I was thought she handled that fairly decently. She did. She's she's she amazing handled that pretty well. Yeah. Because she saw it going off the rails early on, and she tried to bring it back. She tried to ask him, instead of asking, who are you wearing, like she was being probably asked to do for this event, she started going, well, hang yeah. on, well, what about all this, this, and this then? You're obviously interested in this. Let's fucking talk about that. It's clearly what you want to talk about. Something a little deeper, something with a little bit more gravitas, you know. Um, yeah. But he wasn't having it. <laughs> He's like, yeah. no, no, I didn't get dressed. I'm, I'm not here. You're not here. Yeah. She goes, you don't exist. But there's a beautiful fragrance in the air. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what the fuck, Jim? Come on, man. Um, so, yeah, that was... Uh, oh, man, it was challenging to watch, to be honest. <laughs> um, but, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, like, I, I, I felt for her. But, like, yeah, she handled that like a champ. Just she, trying she, to make a conversation out of it. Yeah. She, yeah. It could have been, like, a, a lesser uh, interviewer would have crumbled under that and just went... And just looked at the camera going, what the fuck do I do? You know? Yeah. But she, yeah. she, she rode with it and went fucking, all right, if that's where you want to go, let's take it that way. You know? You know, I think, I think a lot of times chicks, chick journalists and stuff like that probably aren't given the credit because they, they're hired, sad as this is, a lot of times they're hired for their eye candy appeal and she's an attractive woman, but she's probably busted her fucking ass for decades of like, you know, university and studying and, and wanting to do those big hard hitting fucking articles and stuff like that. And they've, <laughs> they've got her covering some stupid red carpet where she's getting berated by fucking Jim Carrey, you know, for, for, for being vapid, you know? Um, uh, and so to her, this was probably like, yes, fuck, I finally get to talk to somebody who's going to be a challenge, you know? Um, well, it'll, it'll probably help her career anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, it's gone viral. Anytime something goes viral, yeah. You know, it doesn't never hurts, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She can now say I'm the Jim Jim Carrey chick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Resume. Oh, I don't know if I made enough room. Fuck. Um. E M E R G E N C. No, it's not gonna fit. Fuck. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm, I'm drawing Nissa landing in front of the. Um, uh, in front of hospital. the hospital, like emergency doors, right? Yeah. It says, um, uh, shot of Nissa from a distance landing at the entrance, her wings retreating back into her, right? And essentially, mm -hmm. I've just drawn a picture of her from behind, sort of like gracefully touching down on the ground. She's like slightly above the ground. There's like a little shadow under her. And she's in front of these big double doors. And I wanted to put, just to give it some sort of texture, um, on the floor, like, you know, sometimes they have a mat, like a, where you wipe your feet out the front, but it's going to say emergency written across it. So yep. rather than putting a sign above the door, I thought that might've made more sense. Um, but I haven't left enough space to write <laughs> all the letters because I'm a knucklehead and you're supposed to start from the middle and go out. <laughs> um, middle out. <laughs> Why didn't I see it? Middle out. What you're looking for is dick to floor. Let's call that D to F. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think there's ever been a greater fucking piece of television writing than that one fucking scene. 
Fucking brilliant. I've got to watch season four. I haven't got around to it yet. Honestly, dude, I don't think I've seen season three yet. Um, which is killing my life. But it's not on anything that I watch, and I try to maintain like um a, a bit of a standard as far as like legally getting my content these days, you know. And it really fucks me up. Mm. Um, because you know, for some, I don't have HBO. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Strangely enough. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so the other thing to talk about is, is Len Wayne. Len Wayne? 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 It's one of those words you see written down, but you've never said it out loud before. Um, yeah. co-creator of Wolverine and Swamp Thing sadly passed away. Um, there's going to be people who are going to be able to talk about this at length in, in much more detail than probably uh, yeah. you or I. Um, <laughs> but, but it is sad and, and especially coming onto the, um, uh, the coattails of, of, of Logan being such a hit as well, you know, it's, it's a bit yeah. of a shame, but, um, how old was he when he died? Uh, let you me know? see. I'll see if, uh, I got an article here about it. Um, boom. I mean, don't get me wrong. It seemed like he had a good run, <laughs> but, um, let's see. It should say somewhere on here. Uh, age of 69. Wow. So he wasn't Too even old. super old. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, but he's, he's credited with, I think the, the, what was it? The new X-Men. I was just flipping through this before. Um, while at DC, he would create the characters of the swamp thing later expanded upon and popularized by Alan Moore. Um, uh, he was, First published story at DC or Marvel was Teen Titans, um, in in which uh, he and Wolfman, Wolfman, <laughs> I was like, I'm reading about comics, I'm like, Wolfman, <laughs> <laughs> created DC's first Russian superhero, Red Star, foreshadowing one similarity, similarly international approach to superheroes uh, in his later Marvel work, but... Um, yeah, because he was working on Uncanny X-Men. I guess that's where Wolverine came into play. Um, what is this? Artist Dave designed a suite of new mutant characters to fill out a new team, including the Kenyan character of Storm, um, the German character of Nightcrawler, and the Russian character of Colossus. So it seems like his focus was trying to bring in a lot of characters from around the world, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, not just, just cool. him, but um, uh, Dave Cockrum as well. Um, they worked on that together, but I mean, um, we bring characters to the kind of popularity and cultural relevance that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby couldn't have dreamed of. Well, <laughs> I think that's a stretch, but <laughs> fair enough. Um, uh, I mean, like he, I th Jack Kirby, you know, you can't deny what they did, but they were very, I feel like they were just very one track. Like yeah. they were, they were very, you know, they were pumping out all these characters and good characters, but mm. there wasn't a lot of variety. I guess Len Wine brought in like, you know, Storm, X Men, uh, Nightcrawler, Colossus, like X Men ever, yeah. and they they weren't even thought of by you know Stanley and Jack Kirby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but they, you know, again, they're from an older time, though. 
So you didn't want to do a Russian oh, yeah, character yeah. back in the day, otherwise you'd be put in jail for being a communist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I totally get that. Yeah, but like even even then, like it's just props to props to the wine for doing that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And again, well, like, and it's it's particularly important in this age where there there is that whole oh, fuck. I hate I hate hate using SJW terminology. Um, to describe something positive, because <laughs> usually it's, it, I know that that's counterintuitive, but it always makes me cringe when I have to be like, you know, that new SJW movement for making sure that, you know, everybody's covered, you know what I mean? We don't want some kid growing up not having a, an idol to look up to that looks like them. Yeah. And I mean, I think every rational person thinks that that's a great idea, you know, um, but of it though is because like you look at Marvel and Disney now mm. they're it's a lot of pandering yeah that, that's what let's take, a lot of people off let's, let's be honest let's take these characters and completely change them mm-hmm. reasons you know because fucking all the all the snowflakes don't have someone to look up to yeah brand new fucking characters which is what you should be doing yeah yeah that's that's where that's where you're going to attract people's attention is by Come up with somebody yeah. fucking badass that looks like those kids, rather than going. Sorry, guys, we we, we feel bad. Here's, here's somebody, you know. We're, we're just going to give you throw you a bone here, and have, you can have Spider Man. You know? Yeah, like, which again, th- I've, th- I've, th- like, yeah. yeah, I've gone on record previously as saying that I'm I'm off. I'm all about Miles Morales. It's all good because he's a different guy. It's not Peter Parker. They yeah, didn't, they didn't turn Peter yeah. Parker black. They they went. You know why can't Spider-Man be black? There's no reason, and 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 that's great. Let's do it, um, but let's not let's not redact fucking forty years of history, you know, for pandering purposes. Yeah. And I yeah. think again, I think anybody who's rational would would see that argument, you know. Um, and again, and and you're going to it's it's a better way of doing it where you're not going to piss off the core fans and and not going to have a whole bunch of fucking dude bros going out there saying fuck them for fucking moving the Spider-Man, you know. It's like, he's not your Spider-Man. Your Spider-Man's Peter Parker. Go read Peter Parker books, yeah. you know? Um, um, but, yeah. Um, I, I was just going to read this. Neil Gaiman tweeted about Len Wine saying, um, he wrote Swamp Thing, Phantom Stranger, and my favorite Batman stories. He showed a 12-year-old, he showed 12-year-old me that comics could be literature. So that's, that from Neil Gaiman, that's a big mm-hmm. statement, you know? Yeah. Um, that's essentially saying, um, um, he, he, you know, this guy's largely responsible for me getting into graphic novels and stuff like that, essentially. Yeah. So that's a really big call, but yeah. It's what I love about gaming. Like he, he, I don't follow a lot of authors, like barely even gaming himself, but yeah, always he's constantly just praising other authors. Yeah. Very rarely see him talk about himself. Like, you know, maybe he's doing like a live show or a book's coming out. He'll, he'll promote it, but he's always talking about other people, other writers, other artists and stuff and how they've, or how, how good they are and stuff. Yeah. That's what I fucking love about him. Well, that's, I mean, that's Bliss, Ke- I guess. Kevin, Kevin Smith's mantra is it costs you nothing um, yeah. 
you know, what, what does he say? It costs you nothing to encourage an artist. You know, encourage an artist, yeah. Yeah, but, but what you lose from not encouraging an artist or discouraging an artist is in, incredible, you know. Um, and uh, I, that's been his mantra lately, and I couldn't agree more, to be honest. Um, I've always been really lucky. I've always had people with, with what I do. Um, and I mean, I, 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 essentially, I, I, I would have to say that I probably squander my abilities every day. Some fucking dude comes in and looks at the, the pictures I've got up at work and goes, what are you doing working here? I'm like, fucking, I don't know. Just lazy, I guess. <laughs> you know? Um, but you know, I've always been really lucky in that regard to have plenty of people tell me constantly how fucking good I am at everything. Um, and, uh, like, uh, I think my biggest problem is I never agree, you know, because I see how much work there is left to do at the end of the day, mm. you know, to, to get up to the level of somebody like, um, you know, Capullo or, you know, Jim Lee or even just a anybody good at art, not just comic related, you know, um, yeah. I just see how bad I'm doing at the stuff that I should be better at, you know, um, but there's plenty of people out there who don't get that kind of encouragement, you know, and it, that's, yeah. that's where the fucking problem is. Um, you know, um, we're just about out of time, but I figured since we fucked it up last week and didn't do it, I might do my artist focus cause it's kind of a biggie. Um, I think I'll cheat and make dark Knights metal the fucking comic of the week. Hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. <laughs> Comic of the week. You heard it there first. We don't need to do the segment because Marshman just did it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm cheating. I'll be fucked if I'm not going to play the sample, man, because I, I spent a lot of time making that. So, um, all right, let's get back to home. Um, okay, so um, so my my artist focus last last podcast, which we never got around to doing, so I figured we have to do it this week. Um, we, we we fucking play it loose around here, man. <laughs> uh, is one who's dear to all of our hearts, uh, Frank Miller. There's the gallery. There it is. Um, I don't want to talk much about Frank Miller's history because I honestly don't know much about it. <laughs> I didn't do my due <laughs> diligence. Um, but but again, I, f I feel like these artist focuses really aren't really about, you know, the history of the artist. The I think it's, like the, yeah. it, it's more about what they mean to me um, <laughs> and, and my perspective on it. And... Uh, I'm trying to think, I guess the first Frank Miller thing that I was ever introduced to was when I was collecting Spawn back in the 90s, they did a crossover with Frank Miller and McFarlane um, did uh, Spawn versus Batman or Batman versus Spawn or something mm -hmm. like that, which I've still got somewhere. Should have pulled it out. Um, and uh, there was a picture there just just before in the slideshow of, of one of the shots from that. But um at the time, obviously, I didn't know who Frank Miller was and I didn't know how important he was to the Batman universe either. Um, and, and the fact that I was holding a, a Batman spawn comic, it was more of a big deal than it probably than I, than I knew about, you know? Um, but I think obviously he, he became a bit more of a household name when, um, uh, Sin City came out and I guess the 300 as well. Uh, more so Sin City because Sin City was shot in such a way that it really showed off his artwork. There's, it's it's pretty much frame for frame in a lot of cases, um, and what he did extremely well and why it worked so well in that film noir sort of shooting style on green screen and stuff was because that's how he draws. He draws film noir style fucking action, you know, um, 
and he was uh he, daredevil was a, a big thing for him he basically when he was starting out um he was working on stuff that he wasn't interested in and he and he eventually pleaded with him look let me fucking write daredevil um because it, it's it's just shit you know and and he was always this guy who comes in there with his trench coat wielding villains with guns anti-hero sort of things and all of the the people at the studio were like okay but where's the tights draw somebody fucking flying through the air with tights on um and so i think moving into daredevil allowed him to draw that film noir style because it lends itself to that hell's kitchen brooklyn areas sort of yeah. thing um and you can have big tough dudes who just brawl you know they don't have to have abilities or powers they can just um just be bad motherfuckers you know um and we're looking at one right now merv marv marv um yeah and so my friend gave me the sin city books i think just before the movie came out so that was good i got to appreciate the the style of the film for what it was you know um but what i'm looking at now i'm looking at it and what it's telling me is his use of light and dark or, or high contrast light and dark like whites and blacks more more directly um are like nobody else you know he has this ability hmm. to come up with these super iconic panels that in fact almost every panel you could you could lift from the book and make it into a poster because they're iconic looking you know um and i think that's his ability um and as somebody who draws i don't think people appreciate how hard it is to go true black and true white um because you you end up when you when you're sketching it out initially you come up with a lot of middle ground that's not black or white and there's this fear that if you color in a lot of that with black you're going to lose heaps of detail and it's not going to look the way that it does and often this kind of artwork doesn't look any good until it's finished halfway through you'll look at it and go it's looking like shit i don't you know you have to have faith in your ability to get to the end of it when everything's blacked out and inked um and all that's left on the page is uh the, the negative space which is the white which is hard enough as it is um because people tend to um you know draw an outline around something and that's that's what comic art is it's an outline if you look at uh if you look at frank miller's work there's there's barely any outlines at all it's shadow big blocks of shadow and big blocks of light you know um and that's just why it's it's inspirational to me like a lot of his earlier stuff is super fucking 80s inspired um or, or, or early 90s i should say 80s and early 90s um but yeah it just it's he, his ability to just turn anything into an iconic image is phenomenal so anyway that's why i chose frank miller for artist focus this week and uh there you have it um uh, what what are you what's your favorite um frank miller work what was that? Well, what's your favorite Frank Miller work? Hello? I didn't hear anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, you're cutting out again, man. Um, yeah. What's your favorite Frank Miller? Oh, uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I guess that that's pretty standard across the board. <laughs> But but, yeah. but is it? Would you say that that's more to do with the art style or more to do with the writing? It was just a really unique right. concept. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's take Batman and yeah. age him up to his like the lady years, you know. 
yeah. um, was yeah. was a bold move, and it and it fucking paid off big time. Yep, definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I won't go too much into it, but yeah, yeah. Um, um, no, but that's. I mean, I oh, think I think like, uh, I feel like it would be fair to say that that is the Batman by which the modern standard of Batman is held to account for. You know, like. <laughs> Um, I was going to say that, like, it's kind of funny that this older, more, I guess, close to death Batman is the one that everyone tries to be. Yeah, yeah, it's the bitter, angry, fucking burnout Batman, you know? Yeah. And, and on paper, you'd be like, he's shit Batman. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it, but it fucking works, you know? Because, yeah. I mean, when you're a superhero who's played the long game, most of them really don't, you know? He's, he's been yeah. in it for the long haul. Um, you're going to be bitter and jaded. You're going to be like, you know what? Fuck this town. You know? All I, all I ever get mm. is criticism for keeping this place safe. I pretty much destroyed the crime in the city. Um, and yet, yeah. I'm still the villain, you know? Um, and and having to deal with an enemy who's insane constantly would fucking drive you crazy. And it's not like yeah. Batman is a pillar of fucking sanity to begin with. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> he's a fucking, he's a bit of a loose cannon. You know, you know? Um, not, not to like punish her levels, but still, you know, he is, he, is in fact, even the fact that Batman has such a strong moral compass is indicative of somebody who's a bit fucking off kilter to begin with, because it's, it's almost in order for him to have a strict moral compass, he'd have to be obsessive about it. And Batman's yeah. kind of obsessive about which, which he is. Yeah. That's right, you know, like, um, by now you'd think he would have fucking gone Punisher, you know, but he hasn't. Um, he's still doing things by the book, he's still fucking every day the grind of fucking putting people back in Arkham, and then eventually they fucking escape or get out, and he finds them again, he puts them fucking back in Arkham, you know. It's enough to drive yeah. anybody mad. Thinking about it, like, given, you know, the, the joke came into existence out of certain circumstances in Batman due to a set of certain circumstances if you change the circumstances and have them on opposite sides of the law yeah change all that much yeah 100% that's how down into the darkness both of them are yeah well I mean but I yeah, think they're still, they're still yeah. polar opposites I don't want to talk out of school about it because at the problem is everybody seems to be, and they're all getting it wrong, but um, Sean Murphy's new Batman book, I think, sort of pushes that boundary a little bit. Um, yeah. Where, the, where yeah. The, the Joker's essentially the good guy in Batman. He's trying to shut down Batman, who's the loose cannon, you know? Um, mm. And, uh, you know, everybody's carrying on about, oh, the new this new book by fucking Murphy's going to be, you know, it's because it, it, it involves Black Lives Matter and all this other stuff. And everyone's like, oh, it's all social justice and all this bullshit. And he keeps saying ad nauseum. He's like, it's not. Black Lives Matter and stuff is an element in the book, but it's not about mm. that. It's not being critical of anybody. It's just that that's the reality we live in now. you know. And if you look at um, Punk Rock Jesus, you know, he talks a lot about Christianity and, and uh, an obsessive, you know, like uh, fundamentalist religion. Um, but that's, I wouldn't say that that's what the book's about. You know, it's just, it's just his, his point of view on that part of his life. Like, I didn't know this until recently. I listened to an interview. I don't know if I talked about this. Um, 
he was he was very Christian right up until his early twenties, like super Christian. Um, and then he just met the right people and spoke to the right people and started questioning everything, and it all fell apart. You know, because he had mm. friends who were willing to ask him the tough questions about how does this make sense, and he'd be like, "Wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Let me think about that." He said the whole turnaround after he moved out of home and went um, and lived with some people, the turnaround from being super Christian to having it all fall apart was probably about a month. Like it didn't Jesus. take it didn't take long at all. It wasn't a transition. He just sort of went, "You know what? None of this fucking makes sense." And then he told his parents, and his mum got upset with him and stuff, and. And, and but he kept on asking them the same questions and they couldn't answer him. They're like, you need to speak, talk to a preach, a, 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 a priest, not us, you know. And he's like, but they don't have the answers either. It's all none of this makes any fucking sense when you think about it critically. And um and it actually put a strain on the relationship with his family too because they they weren't willing to answer the questions because they don't know the answers. And yeah. um you know it was but it was interesting like uh, you know I mean I'm sure that's happened to a lot of people and there's a lot of people who who would argue a lot of those points. But the point is that is what spawned punk rock Jesus without all that happening. There wouldn't be that book. And I think that's what literature is all about. It's about people's perspective. Um, they don't need to necessarily be saying anything. It's just, this is what the story looks like from my angle, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's really interesting. Um, and on that note, we're probably at an hour, man. I can't see because my task bar is fucking sitting over everything and I can't, say anything but um you, you, you're good yeah <laughs> all right well anyway let's call it thanks for watching we can only do this for your support if you like the show please spread the word share our show wherever you can uh if you want to listen to the show on your commute search itunes for pretty sketchy podcast if you want to see what i'm doing search youtube um for uh pretty sketchy podcast also thank you again michael for joining me we got some fucking art done today yeah. we talked some shit it was a good time um <laughs> and i guess we'll see you guys on the next one